You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning continues and is from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, and I read from the Good News Translation, which is the same translation as your pew Bibles, and so if you'd like to follow along with today's reading, you can turn to page 121 and read with me this morning. On that day of resurrection, some two of Jesus' followers were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. As they talked and discussed, Jesus himself drew near and walked along with them. They saw him, but somehow did not recognize him. So Jesus said to them, what are you talking about as you walk on the way? They stood still with sad faces. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these last few days? What things, he asked. The things that happened of Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. This man was a prophet and was considered by God and by all the people to be powerful in everything that he said and did. Our chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and he was crucified. We had hopes that he would be the one who was going to set Israel free. Besides all that, this is now the third day since it happened. Some of the women of our group surprised us. They went down to the tomb, but could not find his body. They came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who told them that he is alive. Some of our group went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart you are to believe everything the prophets said. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And Jesus explained to them what was said about himself in all the scriptures, beginning with the the books of Moses and the writings of all the prophets. As they came near the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going on farther. But they held him back, saying, Stay with us. The day is almost over and it is getting dark. So he went in to stay with them. He sat down to eat with them, took the bread and said the blessing, and then broke the bread and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, wasn't it like fire burning in us when he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They got up at once and went back to Jerusalem, where they found eleven disciples gathered together with the others and said, The Lord has risen! He has appeared to us. The two then explained to them everything that happened on the road and how they recognized the Lord when he broke the bread. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Jesus, our resurrected guide, you explained the scriptures and revealed yourself to the disciples at Emmaus. And now, by your Spirit, enlighten our minds to understand their witness and ignite our hearts to receive you in this word and at your table. Amen. So one of my favorite games to play with groups of people that know each other at least a little bit is a game called Hot Seat. 
And how this game works is that one person sits in a chair in the middle of the group, hence the hot seat, and then the group tells the entire group everything that they know about that person. It can be something like their favorites their fa- and their least favorites, their dream vacations, their hobbies, their interests, and so on and so forth. And after a while of listing off all these things, as the conversation dies down, the question changes to what do you want to know about this person? The list grows and the person answers, and then there's a super secret bonus round where the person on the hot seat can add anything that they want to, things that they wish the group would have asked them, and then give even more information about themselves. The reason why I like this game so well is because it opens up space for a few laughs. I've even seen profound stories told during this game, and everyone always ends up knowing each other better, no matter how well they knew each other before. Now, perhaps our group in Scripture this morning would have benefited from playing a game of hot seat. Perhaps these two clueless disciples on the road to Emmaus would have recognized their unknown travel companion sooner. But as it stands in Scripture, and as we learn in the story, it took them the seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and even then some, for all to be revealed. It took that long for them to know everything that they needed to know for them to fully know one another. Late in the day, on that resurrection day, with their heads spinning and their hearts dinged up and their spirits downcast, these two disciples made their way from the maelstorm of Jerusalem and headed for the quiet territory to the northwest in Emmaus. And they find themselves on a different kind of hot seat all day. And there's only one question. And that question is, what just happened what just happened how could it be that jesus was betrayed how could it be that jesus died how could it be that now these women have heard these rumors from the tomb could it possibly be that he was risen from the dead the disciples travel away from Jerusalem because I think they needed just some time and space to discuss and to think and to pray and to process. And that's when things get interesting. Because we're not told how far on the journey these disciples are, but eventually they are joined by another person who adds another question to their hot seat. Just one. What are y'all talking about as you walk along the way? And this question absolutely stumps those disciples. It leaves them absolutely flummoxed, and I can just imagine them pausing in their tracks and looking at their unknown friend and just saying, What? Are you the only person that doesn't know what's going on? How did you miss all that? 
The disciples don't quite know what to say, and so they simply answer out of what they have known, out of what they have seen, what they've experienced, and even what they hoped. We hoped he was going to be the one to set Israel free. But take heart, because the traveler knows more than what he let on. And the traveler turns it around on the disciples and paints for them a clear picture of how the writings of Moses and the witness of the prophets all connect to Jesus of Nazareth. The unknown traveler on the road encourages them to not abandon hope so quickly. The unknown traveler helps them understand that their friend and their leader, Jesus, had to go through what he went through, had to suffer as he did, so it could lead to his glory, lead to his resurrection, and forever change their lives too. The day wore on. And the disciples reach their destination, and it seems like their strange companion is perfectly content to continue traveling on. And whether it's out of a desire to know more and see what else they've missed along the way, or out of a concern or out of genuine hospitality, the two disciples invite their new friend to stay with them for the evening. And as they meet one another at this table, Jesus ends up in a different hot seat as he takes on the lead at the table and creates a scenario where people know each other but know each other better. He creates a scenario where they end up with a better understanding of who they are and a profound story gets told. Because at that table, Jesus took a loaf of bread, said the blessing, and then broke it and gave it to the disciples. Does it sound familiar? It sounded familiar to those disciples. And for them, this was the moment when the unknown travel companion becomes Jesus Christ. This is the moment when they realize that it's been the risen Lord with them the entire time. That this is the one in whom they've placed their hope, the one who has restored their hope. This is the moment when the rumors about resurrection become truth, become reality. It is, as the women said, it is, as Jesus said, it is, as it has been written, he is not here. He is risen. Jesus is revealed in the breaking of bread. Jesus is made known by rehearsing this sacrament. And the disciples who started the day defeated and dejected demoralized and devastated, have been revived and enlivened and inspired. After going through everything that they have gone through in the last week, after witnessing the collapse of Jesus' ministry, after witnessing the arrest, after witnessing the betrayal, after witnessing his death, after traveling seven miles, 
after eating the meal, after having their minds completely blown by Jesus, you might expect that the disciples would just simply collapse in emotional overload. But that's not what happened. We're told that the disciples immediately go back the seven-mile journey to Jerusalem. They immediately know everything they need to know, and they want nothing more than to share that knowledge with those that need to know it. For them, there is no more question. For them, there are no more hot seat discoveries. For them, there is only what has been made known in the breaking of bread and the sharing of the meal. And despite everything, they have to go. Their base instinct is to share that good news with someone else. And it's interesting to me that the someone else that they chose are the very people who knew them best that would have known their favorites and least favorites, known their dream vacations, known their hobbies, known their interests. They choose the disciples. So I'm not going to make you like get up and sit in a chair in front of, every, in front of everybody, but I want to know something about you this morning. And that's this. How have you come here today? How have you come here this morning? Do you feel a little hopeless like the disciples? Do you feel exhausted by all that has happened? Are you holding on to some kind of hope that you will meet Jesus here and thereby be revived? I'll invite you to remember that it is Jesus who calls us to come to this table It is the risen Jesus who is our host at this meal where there is room for all. And just as it was for those disciples, so it shall be for you and for me this morning. In our participation in this meal, our eyes will be opened and our hearts will be revived. And what I want to know is what will you then do with your newly revived heart will you follow your base impulse will you follow the what the disciples did and share the good news with those around you because the good news of the resurrection is too much good news for us to keep it to ourselves friends with your hearts enlivened by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and with your bodies strengthened by this meal in which we meet Jesus once again, let us go forth into the world and find that place among beloved people with whom you can share a laugh and tell a profound story. Because it is, as he has said, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you pray with me? Risen Christ, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for giving substance to our hope. 
and for kind of proving us right. When we choose to believe that you are who you've said you are, when we choose to believe that you will do what you've said you're going to do. And so now as we prepare to come to this table, we just simply ask that you would meet us, that you would change us, and that you would strengthen us for the work you have in store for us. In your loving, powerful, and risen name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.